this is Hiromi Dames, but you probably know me better as Tracy Van Horn, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. Drink almost came out my nose. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) The show that makes you realize just how screwed you were when you were kidnapped and had to be rescued by the last show that you watched or listened to. Sorry about that, guys. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 119. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins Hamster and Gretel in their battle with the Winks, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her wings. All right, guys, our guest today is an actress who's had roles both on screen and behind the microphone that have entertained you and many others along the way. You've seen or heard her in shows like Hannah Montana, Phineas and Ferb, Monsters at Work, Lego DC Superhero Girls. That's a mouthful to say if you try it really fast. (laughs) Hamster and Gretel and a whole bunch more. Uh, So let's all welcome Hiromi Dames to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Hiromi. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. See, I told you it sounds sarcastic no matter what I say in that voice. It'd be so sincere. So excited. No, really so excited. Does not oh, sound. Do you ever just use that in drive throughs Because I totally would. No, I sh- telemarketers. So should, right? Oh, Go order Starbucks. <laughs> Like a really long, complicated order. Guys, yeah. making sure that you specify that it has to be soy milk. I would like a venti soy milk, um, but only half soy milk and only half a venti. Not a grande. I want it half a venti. So fill up the venti halfway. <laughs> it would be complete. <laughs> Show up with my cat and driving. <laughs> the likelihood of like the barista at Starbucks being the right age that they'd be like, Oh. Tracy, what? Right? Wait, what? what if they weren't? They're just like this really weird chick just rolled up. <laughs> Think her coffee be... needs to breathe. What? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh... <laughs> All right, so Hiromi, what's become uh, a little bit of a custom around these parts, because Mm. we are nerds, we like to start our interviews uh, finding out the background or origin story, if you will, of our guest, the person sitting on the other side of the virtual table. And so tonight, you are the hero of our story. So if you would, tell us about the origins of Hiromi Dames and what led you to becoming an actress. Well, it all began... In Japan, actually. Um, I'm a Japanese superhero. Japanese is superhero this. Um, my mom's Japanese. My dad's a Jersey Jew. Um, he was a high school teacher on an army base in Japan, which is where he met my mom. And then I happened. So I was born um, in Japan okay. on a naval base. Grew up there. Did the whole army base local theater thing moved to seattle and uh that's where how much detail do you want you can as go much into as, as much you detail as you, yeah as much as you're comfortable in sharing i mean so it what were your influences growing up where you saw somebody uh, was it that you saw somebody or you saw a certain movie or show or play and you're like man that looks so cool wouldn't that be fun to do or was it just you just one day went yeah that looks fun let's try that I think it was like every single thing I watched, everything I watched, I would reenact. So like I would watch Sleeping Beauty 
And because I had the blue blanket in my neighborhood, I would be, I would get to be Aurora and walk down and then pretend to touch the spinning needle and then fall over dramatically. I was also the blue fairy because I had the blue blanket. Uh, so anything I blue was, you pretty much had on lockdown. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I could have been beast, but um, well, you isn't, that, isn't he blue? He's blue. He is. Yeah, his yeah. blue. Okay, cool, cool. Um <laughs> And uh, then I moved to Seattle and I started doing theater there. I was 12 when I moved out there and I just started calling theaters in the yellow pages. It's like, hey, I'm 12. My name's Hiromi. You have any auditions? And some of them were like, no, we're an AMC. That's not how this works. And some of them were like, yeah, come on down. So I auditioned for uh, a dinner theater show in Seattle at Taproot Theater and then halfway through they handed me a paycheck and I was like, oh, I didn't know I was getting paid for this. I just thought I was doing it for fun. Nice. Yeah. And then from there, I got my first agent um, who scouted me during the show. And then I was on a TV show for a little while. It was um, kind of local, kind of international. It was um, syndicated. It was a show in Seattle called Watch This with an exclamation point. And um, it was a kid's local news show, like a magazine news show. Uh, and I was a reporter, and I got nominated for an Emmy, <laughs> local nice. Emmy, nice. yeah, regional. Then I uh, was on Bill Nye the Science Guy at that point, um, which was my first television, like, union gig. Moved out to New York because I heard all actors move out to New York. And also, the only thing I knew about, like, how to get into the biz officially was from watching Annie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they sing that whole song nyc and so i'm like oh okay i go to new york that's where i go to become an actor and then i got there and i was like oh this is all musical theater and that is so not my thing but i wanted it to be my thing so i really attempted stood in lots of lines at like four in the morning to try and sing 16 bars of something or other for casting directors and i was just not as good at that as most other people in new york are <laughs> Moved out to L.A. and um, about three years in is when I got the Hannah Montana audition. That's cool. Yeah. And I sadly, it took me longer than it should have to realize the the AMC joke that you laid out. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't that funny. It just was true. <laughs> well, I no, I thought, it was, I thought it was funny, but I was like, I was like, oh, that's what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> I called every single theater. I just flipped a T and went down the list. Yeah, honey, <laughs> oh. that's not what we do here. No. Yeah, no. Persistence <laughs> is key, though. Like, that's that. What is the the saying that the squeaky wheel gets the grease? That's oh yeah, the way to do it. Like, I was a massively ambitious squeaky wheel. <laughs> it worked for you. <laughs> <laughs> so through your career now, though, you've done both on screen and voiceover work. So yes. have you found one to be your favorite? Um, at this point, I way prefer voiceover just because um. I like the range it permits. I like being able to play a whole bunch of different roles. I don't like being limited by my look. <laughs> and um, yes, I love being on screen, but I hate memorizing lines. I hate the anxiety that comes with memorization. I like just the pure acting, which I feel like voiceover really is. That actually makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about like voiceover. You have the script in front of you like that. Yeah. Oh, that's my gosh. a big thing. It really is. Like memorization used to just... I would always have that actor nightmare and the fear 
And I remember one time a director who, because I would study, 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 study my lines. Like I ad nauseum would just say it to myself, say it to myself, say it to myself. But then someone could knock me off my game. Like this director came in who thought, you know, I could not be bonked. And he was like, okay, this take, you're going to forget all your lines. And I was like, (gasps) and I did. (laughs) (laughs) I could be psyched out like that. So, (laughs) but I never forget how to read. So that can't happen. If it's right in front of me, I can do it. Yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice reference. All right. So just a side question to to her question there. So, you know, because we were were joking uh, prior to to all this, just about, uh, um, you know, know, kids being born into COVID and all that. And and I know that affected voiceover actors quite a bit. In fact, it affected everybody. But how did you navigate through that? Did you work from home? Did you already have a booth set up at home? Or did you build one during that to continue working? That is a very good question. So most people impacted by COVID, I feel like it was a negative thing. Voiceover actors, I feel like it was very positive, at least for me. Um, I worked from home and which was great because I had a top I have a toddler. He's three years old now. And during COVID, when COVID started, he was one. So it was really nice. I built up my I'm in my booth right now. This is a walk-in closet that I just you know, watched YouTube videos and learned how to do all of it. And the people at Disney that I was already working with, the sound engineer, Paul McGrath, really helped me. He was like, here's what you need. You need this kind of microphone. You need this kind of uh, computer. Like, he gave me the list and was like, you can go smaller, you can go big. Here's what I recommend. You do whatever you want. And here I am in my closet. <laughs> Very cool. Are those the curtains from the AMC theaters? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have auditions? I'll take your curtains. You won't be needing those. Thank you. Yeah. Yunk. <laughs> so yeah, we all... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, go I was ahead. Say, no, I was just going to say that we, we've talked to a couple other voice actors who, you know, about going and how they got through uh, yeah. pandemic time. And, and it's kind of funny to me. So some of them have had stories about... Uh, one of my favorites was a gentleman uh, by the name of David Sobolov who talks about, uh, you know, how he built up his at home. And he's a David's a big guy with a big deep voice, and uh-huh. and uh, he had to do a scene where he was killing somebody, and uh, <laughs> there was a lot of yelling and screaming, and he's like trying to make sure that his his neighbors weren't gonna, you know, like call the cops on him. And <laughs> yes, oh my goodness! So I had a scene where I kept screaming. I was doing some video game. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was cyberpunk. I, I can't remember. Some video game I was doing. And I kept screaming over and over, help, help me, help me. <laughs> Nobody came. Like, my family was straight downstairs. And they did not hear me, which, you know, props to my voice booth. But um, no one came to help me. I shouldn't advertise this. Like, someone's going to come murder me. And <laughs> well, we, we have decided, though, that voice actors would be... A voice acting booth is the perfect place to murder somebody because yeah. you, you can't hear. That's 100%. So yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was with David Sobel. That yeah. is where you murder someone. I agree. And yeah. the thing is, too, even if they do, do hear you, they're like, oh, yeah, she'll probably start singing in a second, too. So whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, they're just working. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so we all have a little something that is close to our hearts. What was a project of yours that was close to your heart that is a little less known? Uh, that is a very good question, and I want to give it s- some thought without just blurting out something. Um, oh, 
Oh, okay. So it's not less known. (laughs) (laughs) But the the coolest thing I got to do, which I only worked on for like four hours. So it feels like a blip in my time in history for me, my personal history. Um, So I did Star Wars Visions and which is the, you know, the, that first season is the Japanese animated, um, the shorts that they did. Yeah. And what they did was they, um, they were, they wrote, directed, recorded it with Japanese voice artists. And then when they brought it, everything got released at the same time. So at the last second they had like Americans come in. So I didn't audition for it. I just got a call all of a sudden where they're like, hey, hey, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. It's Star Wars. <laughs> and um, I had no idea. They didn't give me a script. Well, they did give me a script, but it was so confusing. I had no idea what was going on. It was like, because um, it had already been animated. So it was like this weird script where it just had like translations. Um, so there was not a lot of uh, stage direction. So I had n- no clue what was happening. Um, the next day I was in a recording booth in Las Vegas. Um, it was during COVID. It was the only thing I broke isolation for. I went out and I did it for four hours. And then I came home. I was like, I'm in Star Wars and I can't (laughs) tell anybody. And also, you know how it is like, uh, because it's voiceover, I could always be replaced. So I didn't count on actually being in it until it dropped on Disney plus. And I was like, oh, it's really me. Um, that was pretty exciting. Um, my son, who's three and a half, is obsessed with Star Wars. Like one of his first impressions, he came in with a little blanket over his head and he like did the Emperor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> nice. He's like force lightning me and he can barely say words. Um, but he could act out his different Star Wars characters. So I thought he'd be super excited. I feel like he and my daughter would be best friends. Oh, how old is she? She just turned four in September. Oh, but they, she is a massive Star Wars fan. They will totally get along. Like she has her own lightsaber and frequently chases me around the house with it. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have actually gotten so bonked with the lightsabers now that I've told him that daddy is for fighting. Like if you want a lightsaber fight, that is a sport that you do mm-hmm. with daddy. With mommy, it's acting. So I hold a blaster he holds a lightsaber, and I told him we're on the same team. We don't fight each other. I don't like that. I don't like bruises. And he's better than I am, which is really hard to admit. I mean, I'm not athletic, so, like, but yeah. a three-and-a-half-year-old being able to beat on you is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you, though. And I bruise really easily. I'm really pale. Like, I bruise <laughs> really easily. She, she's not pale. She's see-through. I <laughs> Not that bad. I'm more tan than my brother. <laughs> that doesn't I, take much. I bruise. Uh, I, it's not that I bruise easily, but I things stay on me for a very, very long time. One time I ripped off a Band-Aid and the mark of the Band-Aid stayed there for eight months. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, wow. Yikes. Yeah. So, like, it is a long-term commitment when I get a bruise. That is impressive. And my husband nice. is 6'4". And he's his, and I'm five feet. So um, when we go out, when I was getting all these bruises, he would get these looks like, "How 
dare you, sir? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's the little one. The little one did it to her. And you know, the number of times that people don't believe that. I know. They don't believe it's the little one. <laughs> well, I... my little one broke my husband's nose in two places, so now my husband has to go get nose surgery. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jeez. Yeah. I, I went to a doctor's appointment, and I had bruises all over my legs, and my doctor's like, are you afraid of somebody at home? I'm like, does my daughter count? <laughs> Terrifying I'm like, those are all from her. <laughs> yeah. Like, from I'm afraid her of my, my wife, but tail. it's a whole different story. <laughs> you should be afraid of your That's wife. That's healthy. Though. That's healthy. Every husband should have a little dose oh. of fear. Oh, there's a healthy fear of my wife. I love her to pieces, <laughs> but there's a healthy dose of fear. Yeah, I'm yeah. also a little bit afraid of your wife. I get it. <laughs> as, well you sh- as well you should be. But it's more of the, I, I, she's like, mega mom and i don't want to disappoint her mm, mm. <laughs> i don't think i've ever met her uh she is the most beautiful sith you'll ever meet she deals with so many <laughs> ultimatums <it's not> funny. <laughs> oh my god the first time i got mad at, at um at dash he told jared my husband later and he was like mommy turned into a sith <laughs> oh, I, I like this kid <laughs> i like this kid all right, Hiromi, every job has its pluses and its minuses, things that are, are the highs and lows, things that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. But there's things that challenge us, reward us all at the same time. So whether we're working outside, you're li- you know, if we're living, you're working behind a desk or whatever it may be. Sure. But with your field of acting, what's one challenge that you've had to deal with in your job but makes you want to work harder at it? Accents. So uh, for me, I am a practice makes perfect kind of person. I'm not... Uh, I'm not an improviser. I mean, I am an improviser, but I'm not like one of those people who improvises and everything is perfect. I am a studied, studied, rehearse, 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 rehearse kind of person. Um, So yes, I can do accents off the cuff. Like I could do my mom perfectly because I've rehearsed her my entire life. (laughs) Um, But you ask me to do anything that else and I can do it if you give me, you know, time, like an hour. And I can go rehearse it and practice it or, you know, even five minutes if it's short. And that is something that I wish I could do. I was watching. Um, I did this career day with Bill Farmer, the guy who does Goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is incredible. He can take like the map of UK and he can show you what each level of accent is he's like that guy from he's he's henry higgins he's henry higgins he can show he can totally do every accent based on the map and that is not a skill i have (laughs) i would like to but i at this point you know i'm i'm in my 40s probably not going to happen i should have done it earlier that oh my god that is a cool ability that is a really cool thing it's so cool i do not have that ability i don't either i'm terrible at accents but i barely have an english accent so (laughs) I very much have an American accent. I'll start in one country, but then all of a sudden I'm in another country, and then I'll be in another country. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Wait, weren't you supposed to be doing German? Are you doing <laughs> amazing, Gungan?" <laughs> my my fa- one of my favorite movies uh, is uh, called "I Love You, Man." Oh, I and, love "I Love You, Man." Yeah, with Paul Rudd in it. Yeah, yeah. Every but he, throughout the whole thing, he's trying to do a Jamaican accent, and he sounds like he's you know a leprechaun, and it's just amazing. <laughs> and I think that that's what I would be like every time I try to do an accent. I start over here, but like Nick said, I end up over here. And so yeah, that's one of the things I think about every time you know I try to do an accent is like you know I'll, I was just Paul Rudd trying to you know 
You yeah. want to know a trick to doing accents? Sure. It, it, like, it's so, like, for me, at least, it's very difficult to think of, oh, I'm doing England. Or even 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 if you narrow it down, oh, I'm doing Liverpool. And you, if you think of a specific person, not even, oh, I'm doing the Beatles, you think, okay, I am doing John Lennon. And then you listen to that person over and over, although you should pick someone who has someone in your voice tone. So for me, I pick, like, uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, okay. is that her name? From Hermione? Mm-hmm. Hermione? Mm-hmm. Emma Watson, yeah. So then I would pick her, and I would do it over and over, and it's a lot easier for me to picture what she sounds like. Or like what Moaning Myrtle sounds like. Moaning Myrtle. It's easier if you tell me to do Moaning Myrtle. If you tell me Moaning Myrtle, then I can do the accent. If you tell me just do an English accent, then it's like a little bit overwhelming for me. Sure, okay. Yeah, so... Finding your person who you're in the same voice tone with. Mm. Excellent. So you've actually already mentioned what I wanted to talk about with the next question. But your earliest role on IMDb mm-hmm. is none other than Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, yes. Which is fantastic. And I, I love him. What it's like to be involved in what has become every early 90s, early or 90s, early 2000s kids favorite part of science class. <laughs> It was very fun. He is an incredible talent. Bill Nye is maybe one of the smartest humans in existence. So I I lived in Seattle, and he used to be on the show called Almost Live, which came on right before Saturday Night Live. It was basically the same sort of thing um, where they had, um, you know, it was it was sketch comedy. And one of the things he did was he would take questions from the audience, science questions, and I believe this is before Bill Nye the Science Guy happened. And then so he would explain it, like, seriously. He would explain the question, the scientific questions and give them answers, but he was funny, so it would be entertaining. And I believe that's how Bill Nye the Science Guy, the show, was born. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I really loved being on it. It was, um, you know, I wasn't on that many episodes. I was on maybe half a dozen um, but I knew him earlier because, uh, I would do all these junkets and stuff for watch this, the other show that I was on and I would end up seeing him around town. Like we, we just ran in the same circles. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he always treated me like an adult and I was such a little professional that I was like, <laughs> I am an adult. Bill Nye <laughs> sees me that way. <laughs> we are peers, of course. <laughs> oh. It was funny as I've probably seen the episodes that you were in at least half a dozen times myself and like really? totally not even thinking about it with the oh yeah no she was probably like anytime i, yeah. I watched the a lot i love I, I cannot remember the episodes i was on for the only one i do remember is i was dressed up like charlie chaplin and i believe that was for the episode genetics and um i remember doing a charlie chaplin i don't <laughs> remember exactly what it had to do with science I think maybe the jeans were inside of the suitcase. Uh, you can tell I learned a lot on the show. <laughs> right, that was also 30 years ago. Yeah, I know. Good God. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, when I was looking through your IMDb and I'm like, oh, she's she old. Bill Nye. <laughs> and I even saying Bill Nye, my husband's like, Bill, 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 Bill. I'm like, Bill I, Nye, I the can't science stop guy. it. It's just ingrained in us. I know. I know. 
Look, any time that, you know, I'm of a certain age that when we wanted to watch TV in class, shut up, Nick, uh, when we would, <laughs> we wanted to watch something in class and that TV cart would come rolling they in with a giant old TV monitor. Yes! Oh, that AV you club. knew that you were about to have the greatest hour of your life because, you know, something cool is going to be played. And my teacher <clears throat> loved Bill Nye, so my science teacher in high school. So, yeah, we saw quite a few oh, episodes. Yeah. You know, and even if it didn't quite exactly fit in, at least once a week we were watching Bill Nye. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, we did we did Bill Nye a lot in my um it would have been in my eighth grade <clears throat> science class, which was so much fun. <laughs> we did Princess Bride in history. <laughs> Wait, where did you go to school? <laughs> were you homeschooled? <laughs> no, it was actually uh in His high mom, school. His mom the principal said it was point. okay. <laughs> I mean, so I, I say that and then I'm like, but I also in my animal science class in high school, we watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail oh, and Tommy Boy. We got what? rabbits and whales. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So my my animal science teacher was he was gone. He was sick. And his lesson plan for the six weeks he was gone was just watch planet earth. Like he wanted oh, us to watch the BBC cool. planet earth. Yeah. But we watched all of it. We were done. We'd watched all of them and he was still gone. So we went to the science teacher next door. Like our sub said, Hey, go see what he's got. Go see what movie. He's got. <laughs> and he had Tommy boy and he had Tommy boy <laughs> and Monty Python and the Holy grail. And well, so that... we watched those. And when the I teacher love came Monty back, Pike. I mean, the rabbit, the rabbit, that counts. When my teacher came back and he's like ripping into us with the, that was not on the lesson plan. Why would you think you guys got away with that? And I'm like, because the rabbit. (laughs) Did you? I did. And I'm like, and we learned the difference in the airspeed velocity of swallows. Oh, that's true. There's a difference between the African and the European swallow. (laughs) And he's like, well, what about, what about Tommy boy? I'm like, you don't put a deer that you hit in the backseat of your car. <laughs> and Those these. are important life lessons. And my these. teacher, my and teacher these. looks me dead in the eyes and he's like, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm like, That's actually generation. really quick for you to come back with the whole African swallow thing. Like, I feel oh, like that's like, a, that's, I that's... just, I went into it and he's like, I'm retiring. I'm done. <laughs> I quit. I, I'm done. And he did. He retired that year. <laughs> that's really, <clears throat> and you caused it. He, he thanked me at his retirement party for for being the, what did he say? Being the cataclyst of the, I don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other teachers that had gone to the retirement party is like, you have no idea what he said about you. I'm like, oh, oh, oh do tell. <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. <laughs> well, Romy, we all love stories, as you can tell. What was a funny moment that has happened to you when you were recording or on set? God, I shouldn't tell this one. <laughs> and just for that, yes, you should. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm rethinking it even as I'm about to tell you. <laughs> there time. were six girls on one of the shows that I did, and we were all in the recording booth. We all were in front of, we were all wearing our headsets, all had our microphones, and we were all good friends. And someone tooted, and five of us pretended nothing happened. And then one of my my good friend Amy just started cracking up. She was like, "Are we 
really pretending she didn't just do this? <laughs> and the other ones of us were like, yeah, we were going to, but now we can't because you just said it out loud. <laughs> and um, it was just one of those moments where I was like, the politeness of my friends really struck me. And then... <laughs> And I, I was not the one who either tooted or called the other person on it. I was a, I was an innocent bystander. Innocent bystander. Yeah. <laughs> so I just nice. been like, there's something wrong with the ventilation system. Right. <laughs> that would be really hard in a in a in a booth though. With the I'm gonna pretend that I'm. Yeah, we were all just really straight faced, looking in any direction, looking at our phones, just not going to. And the girl. <laughs> Who tooted? Uh, she um, she started laughing because she's not really a shy person. Um, <laughs> she was like, "I was gonna try to get away with it." I think she has brothers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I approve. I do not save that. I I don't know if I've ever told that story on camera. <laughs> I really could not. I was fishing oh. for something else. <clears throat> as you asked, I'm like anything. Great story though. <laughs> Even better though. All right. And now a word from our sponsor. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. Welcome back to the FSF Popcast. Okay. So your bio <laughs> in most places that I've found lists uh -huh. your ethnicity as half Japanese mm -hmm. and half Muppet. <laughs> yes. So my question is, can you introduce me to Fozzie Bear? Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's a different Muppet that you're related to. It's okay if it's a Swedish chef. Uh, I, I, I mean, like him look. Too. Isn't this so the Muppet Show closet? It is. I keep da, waiting da, for da, it to da, part. Da, 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 da. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, serious side of this. So I love what... the Muppets. Seriously, I love the Muppets. I was My assuming whole so. long-term con is to get famous enough that I can be on Sesame Street and just hang out with any Muppets. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to get on to another Muppet Show movie. I would be thrilled to hang out with um, Abacadabra, oh. uh, you know, Elmo, those dudes. I just thought it would be really cool to do a Muppets Mulan, and then you can play Mulan. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. We have, you know, I, I think I would rather do Lilo and Stitch and be Stitch. Oh, that would be fun too. I, I'm more of a go. wild creature. I might, I might rather be, um, be the, uh, the, uh, raccoon. That's the word I'm looking for. There you go. <laughs> I love it. We have, now I have we to know, have who's, a... your who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, Miss Piggy. Excellent. Okay. Okay, but here's the thing. Miss Piggy is my favorite Muppet. Like, I, I she's my style icon Muppet. If you want to know who I want to hang out with, um, it would be Rolf. I nice. just feel like he's very chill. His vibe is, is you know, he's not going to stress me out. I would hang out with Rolf and Janice. And okay. um, I would be massively excited to hang out with Kermit, but he's a really busy guy. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Miss Piggy would stress me out. I like watching her on television. (laughs) I do not want her as my friend. No. No. I I, I could not handle that much high maintenance. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And, you know, she's jealous of other females. And um, I'm not a competitive person. I feel like on, like, my crazy days, I'd want to hang out with Animal. But, like, on my cynical days, I would want to just be, like, with Sam the Eagle, like... Just being uh-huh. in the corner, being bitter and angry, and <laughs> drinking tea and mocking people, like talking about how weird everyone is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animals, the guy you take to get your frustrations out, right? Right. Like on I a love good animal. day, I would be like, "Hey, let's go cause chaos," and <laughs> and then there would be the days where I would be with Sam the Eagle sitting in Starbucks, just talking about people. Yeah, I love it. I love it. See, my favorite yeah, no, two were, I, were in my question. Fozzie Bear and, and the Swedish Chef. So. Oh, I do love. I love them. Swedish Chef is always the funniest to watch. Mm-hmm. I also really like Bunsen and Beaker. Oh, they used to freak me out. <laughs> I did do a lip a lip sync when I first got my mustache. I put a uh, some googly eyes up under my nose, and I did the, the lip sync of Swedish Chef rapping, and that. Uh, the Muppets office. Yeah, it's on my YouTube. What did? (laughs) Hold on. You have your own separate YouTube channel? Oh. I I only have like one or two videos on that. No, no, that's not the point. I didn't know that there was one to be found. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be right back. Hold on. (laughs) Note to self. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. All right. I will be, I I have some homework to do tonight. All right. (laughs) So, Hiromi, you are currently involved in one of the FSF crew's favorite cartoons, Hamster and Gretel. Are you guys watching it? We love it. Yay! We love it. We've actually had Dan Povenmire, Josh Pruitt, and Amber Turnquist-Hollinger all on the show already. Nice. They all hyped the show pre-release, and there were things that they couldn't talk about yet. And then when it dropped, and it was the, this is the best thing since Phineas and Ferb, which is sad because I also really liked Milo Murphy's Law, but I feel like Hamster and Gretel has has beat out Milo Murphy's Law. Oh, I know. That's a great show. It is. It is fantastic. Oh, and I think punch. especially <laughs> I think especially because of my daughter. My daughter's four and has a hamster. Oh. So she and Gretel are like they have almost become one person. Oh, that's so cute. That's amazing. so fantastic. So how did your role as Hiromi come about? And do you think that there's a future for her and Kevin? Okay. So um, Hiromi originally uh, had a different name. um, And she wasn't named after me. (laughs) They actually named her Hiromi. And, you know, I knew Dan, the creator of the show, before um before Hamster and Gretel, I worked with him on um on Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy's Law. And um I think he probably when I met him, I was going by I can't remember if I was going by Hiromi. I think I was already going by Romy. Um so I don't actually know if he even knew my name was Hiromi, or if he did, I don't know if he remembered. <laughs> um <laughs> and so when I audition I saw the audition for the role, I was like, <gasps> You mean I'm not going straight to callback for the role of Hiromi on my friend's show? What? <laughs> and then, um, of course, I was very honored to audition. And then um, 
so I auditioned and it was like the fastest audition ever. They're like, we're going to get, we're going to audition you really quick. Uh, okay. Line one, line one. Okay. Three. Okay. Let's do that one one more time. Okay. That was good. All right. Let's get you out of here. Cause I know you have a, a record for monsters at work. And I was like, okay, but I'm, ha- I, I'm a perfectionist. I would like to, is, is there anything else you would like? And they're like, nope, nope, that's good. And so my feeling was like, oh, Dan remembered my name is Hiromi and feels embarrassed and has to like give me a sympathy audition. <laughs> and then like uh, a month later, he calls me and he is like, so I have something to tell you. And I was like, oh, Dan, it's OK. You don't have to give me the role. I'm honored that my namesake is out there. And he's like, no, you you got this role. This is you, you got it. And I was like, wait, what? Really? I was so prepared for him to let me down that I had this whole like speech about how he didn't have to worry. I was going to watch the show. I was thrilled for him. <laughs> nice. She's such a fun character too. And I love the the relationship between her and Kevin. It's oh like, my gosh, I do too. So, cute. so I know nothing. Like I know uh, only like a, f- a little bit more than you guys do. So I don't know if they're getting together, but I mean... I, I got to imagine, right? I mean, so so let's take Phineas and Ferb as the example. I would be the Jeremy, right? Mm-hmm. So Hiromi would be the Jeremy to, uh, to Kevin's Candace. Candace. Yeah. yeah. So um, I got to imagine we'll get together, but I guess I don't know. There could be someone else who comes along. Oh, I'm, like, I mean, if I do something horribly embarrassing to Disney off season, like talk about people tooting, um, <laughs> then, you know, Hiromi's out and uh, <laughs> they write one quick episode about how I became a super villain. And Hiromi's suddenly together. dating Lyle instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking with my husband. I was like, you know, the only reason they gave me this role is because, you know, how type has to play type now. And I was like, only Hiromis are allowed to play Hiromi and anyone else I would have thrown a fit. We would have had this whole online rage. Like, really? You're letting this girl named, I don't know, some other Japanese name. Miki. Miki. Well, let's even go with a Japanese girl. Like, oh, okay. Miki-chan. Really? You're letting a Miki-chan play someone named Hiromi? Do you think she knows what it feels like? to be a Hiromi because I don't all the Hiromis of the world unite <laughs> I, I love the the use of names in the show like they're because Hiromi is not a name you hear every day no Kevin is not even in Japan heaven name though like I, I know one person named well two people named Kevin and a friend of mine had a dog named Kevin but like <laughs> that that's like it Gretel is yeah. not a name that gets used for kids anymore. That's true. That's true. And Hiromi is definitely not. Hiromi is so unusual that like one time mm-hmm. I signed up for 24-hour fitness and while I was doing my trial run, they handed me the schedule and I had told them I was interested in doing yoga as one of the classes. And I saw like two of the yoga classes, my name was under it, it said Hiromi, Hiromi. And I was like, oh, I guess they signed me up because I said I was interested in yoga. I get there. The teacher's name was Hiromi. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I I had to laugh so hard though when I started when I first started watching Hamster and Gretel because their cousin's name is Fred. Oh yeah, I, yeah. My older brother's name is Fred, and I'm like, <laughs> but it's a girl, Fred. <laughs> and then when the the evil twins showed up, mm-hmm. and the guy's name is Lyle, and I'm like, what's my daddy's name? 
<laughs> How funny. Did did you also know the creator? And I, I mean, I talked to him before the show actually dropped, but I think all of the characters were already named at that point. You don't think he went on to your ancestry.com? I don't and, think so. Yeah. This is no. all an elaborate prank on you. But it's so funny. And it's me. Like, there, there is that part of me really that's cool like, one. my right? dad... <laughs> My dad was a huge Phineas and Ferb fan. My dad died in two thousand in twenty twenty. I'm he sorry. He would love that he was that he had in, a Lyle. That his name is yeah. there. Would, I'm like he would love that. He would think that was so cool. But you know, I'm I also I'm with your dad. Huge Phineas and Ferb fan. I watched every single episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't do that for any show I'm on. Like there are shows that I am on every single episode of that I have not seen. (laughs) (laughs) Phineas and Ferb was one of those. I just, I watched it because I was on it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I devoured it. It is a fantastic show. Oh, so good. And like, I I watched it. Sorry. I watched it because it was fun. And then I was babysitting. So the kid I was babysitting was watching it. And now it's on Disney Plus. It's one of the ones that my daughter's like, can we watch Phineas and Ferb? I'm like, yes. Nice. 100% yes. Yeah, I started watching it because of You know they have the Star Wars episode. Yeah. Oh, Did yes. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked with Dan about that because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Don't know if you're picking up on any of that. Um, but I see I'm, the pop figures, but I can't tell what they are. 90% of them are Star Wars. Oh, um, oh yep. I see Ahsoka Tano next to R2-D2, and I see uh, C-3PO up there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and so we had an opportunity to talk to him about that and and the difference between having the Marvel episode and the Star Wars episode and what that was like and and how easy it was to get the Star Wars stuff. And he was like, the Star Wars stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and go do it. Yeah, that's fine. And, and Marvel was like, you can only have this person on screen for this long, and don't he can't say this word, and he can't do that. And so there's all really? these limitations for Marvel, but for Star Wars, it was pretty much like, yeah, go ahead and have fun. Mm-hmm. So, Is that because... Is it was it George Lucas was still in charge of uh, Star Wars at that point? Disney hadn't acquired it yet. No, I believe it was a Disney acquisition. But because, really, but with Marvel, there you know some characters at that point were still owned by Fox and then by Sony, mm, and so it, Marvel it. didn't you know so you know you could but Marvel had rights to use these characters, but only in certain scenes and for only so long on camera Got and it. all these different things. So there was all these different legality issues. Oh, wow. Uh, tied to That's it. That's interesting. But... I find watched... all of that fascinating. Honor, I actually just watched, my daughter actually just watched the, the Marvel episode a couple days ago. She was watching it on a tablet, and I walked by, and I'm like, oh, are you watching um, Superhero Squad? And she's like, Mom, it's Phineas and Ferb. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw a flash of superhero and thought it was Superhero Squad. <laughs> I'm getting all the corrections, too, where my kid is correcting me. No, mm-hmm. that is not Anakin Skywalker, Mom. That is young Obi-Wan. He has these, like, two action figures that look exactly the same. They both have the little rat tail, and they're wearing the same outfit. I'm like, well, then they just clearly reissued the same toy and maybe put a little different paint on it because that is Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't but stop I was wrong. as they get older. So <laughs> no, no, and it's, like, the three it's and worse. a half to four. <clears throat> like, everybody warns you the terrible twos are the worst, and terrible twos are this, and the terrible— No, four. Really? Four-year-olds okay. are the worst. They are so mean. They are so mean. That yeah, just wait till they're 15. Oh, then we'll oh yeah. See, at least at 15, when they say, hey, I can do this myself, they actually can. Yeah. Like, I, I sure, you can do that yourself, except for the fact that you are three feet tall, mm-hmm. and that is six feet off the ground. Right. 
Um, Anytime I want to do anything, I just have to know that like, like say right now we're having a Zoom interview. I know my downstairs is being destroyed right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come downstairs. There's going to be Legos everywhere. Uh, He's going to have taken his little plastic golf club and beaten the crap out of everything. There's going to be pillow. Sounds about right. I'm tired. (laughs) Yep. Romy, let's say two of your characters had a Star Trek-level transporter malfunction making their own Tuvix. Which two characters would you clash together, and what would they sound like? Well, I mean, one of them has to be Tracy. Okay, I got it. It would be Tracy Van Horn, but then she would have the accent of Wayahime. So that would be a Japanese Tracy. Oh, you know what? They probably have a Japanese voiceover actress over superimposed over me not superimposed uh adr'd over me huh i should listen to that yeah yeah (laughs) oh never mind i guess i'm ripping off someone else's character (laughs) it's borrowing it's repurposing it's it's okay i love it bingo for somebody else's character All right, Hiromi, we're at a stage in our show where we like to take our guests through a little bit of a quiz. Mm. All right, so this is four questions long. Each question Mm -hmm. is multiple choice. Okay. All right, if you get three of the four questions correct, we would like to send you this book right here, which is called Custodians of the Cosmos, which is written about a young man who wanted to join something quite like Starfleet, but, you know, not Starfleet, you know, legal reasons and Mm. all. But anyway, but... He tried joining Starfleet, washed out, rejoined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. So, uh, and, and is that's this written where... by one of you three that I'm speaking? No, with? actually, it's actually written my by my dad. Written, yeah, your dad. dad. Yep. Awesome. Yep, it's a cool little story, and that's where we get the uh, Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund from, which is actually uh, tied to a real charity, which is called Wish Upon a Teen, which is the charity here in Michigan that helped out my daughter during her extended hospital stay. So oh, it's a great charity. Yeah, yeah, great charity. Um, so anyway, if you get three questions right, we'll send you the book. Okay. If you get two questions correct, and only or less, we take your picture, we make a meme out of you, and we put you into our 207,000 member Facebook group as a meme. We call it our fun sequence. I love it. So, four questions. Dan Poppermeyer made it. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Oh, did he? Oh, Dan. Dan wasn't able to answer the four questions. There's no way I'm going to be able to. Dan's like a genius. I don't even remember what Dan's quiz was about. Like legit genius. (laughs) Yeah. um, Goodness, I don't remember. Do you guys remember what dance? No, that was so long you ago. You might as well go ahead and make yeah. up my meme because there is no way that I am getting four questions. <laughs> go All ahead. right. Go ahead. Shoot, Question shoot, one. Shoot. Uh-huh. Which Muppet is the only one that utilizes actual human hands? Is it A, Swedish Chef? Swedish Chef. Animal or Big Bird? Swedish <laughs> Chef. Correct. Although doesn't Ralph use human hands to play yeah, the piano? Yeah, but he has fur over it. You actually see the hands of, of the Swedish chef. Okay, uh, I guess. So, we quizzed Dan Pavenmeyer on Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Was that it? Was that it? I don't remember. I pulled up the old document. We quizzed him on Phineas and Ferb. And he That's didn't fantastic. get them all? That's hilarious. <laughs> That's fantastic. I forgot what we had quizzed him about. That makes me even happier. Yay, Google Drive. I found it. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. All right. So, yes, you got question number one. Question number two. The Muppet Show skit that featured an astronaut, Miss Piggy, was called what? Pigs in space. That is correct. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Although the adventures of the Pigonaut is just too much fun to say. Thank you for that, Tim. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I should let you give me my multiple choices. Oh, but no, I, I understand the, no, I know this. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone remembers lab assistant Beaker. But what was the name of the head scientist at Muppet Labs? Was well, it... you gave me the answer to that like <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Go ahead. Was it Dr. Bill, Dr. Bruno Van Hunsen, or Dr. Bunsen Honeydew? Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. We gave you the answer? I yeah, did. we talked about Bunsen and Beaker. I did. Oh. Because I love them. Nick, <laughs> quiz question. What do we talk about on this episode of FSS? <laughs> Podcast. Oh, that's adorable that you think that he can remember. We, we have a we have a Facebook chat going uh, in Messenger, and we will literally say something, and thirty seconds later he will ask what we're talking about. We're like, scroll up, buddy. Just just the number up. of times that I've just like scrolled up, taken a screenshot, and posted the screenshot into the group with the really <laughs> the Seth and Amy. Really? Yes. So I know what it is. Nick's doing his hair. He's like, how do I look on camera? Right? Yeah. I can't pay attention to this. I must make sure my mustache is even. Exactly. <laughs> All so right. That's three. That gets you the book. That is. And question number four. The extra Muppets that aren't identified by name, but populate mm. the background, are known as what? A, whatnots, B, unsungs, or C, understudies? Huh. I don't know. I would have to guess. I mean, I, I I love the thought that they're all understudies, but they're really <laughs> characters. I mean, they're okay. So it's whatnots, and then what's B? Unsungs. Unsungs. Well, they do a lot of singing, so I feel like like all those penguins, they still sing. You know, they don't have names. I'm gonna go with A because I just feel like uh, I I feel like it's got to be whatnots. That is a very Muppet term, and you are correct. I'm a genius, you guys! <laughs> I did not know this! Did you all know that? We should call Mensa. <laughs> you have aced the Muppet quiz. Yeah, I guess it's just about Muppets. We should call Jim Henson. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd have to do a seance, but still. <laughs> call one of those Hensons. Well, Hiromi, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your works? Well, Nick, they could go to uh, IMDb, I suppose, but I don't want to send them there. I want to send them something of mine. Uh, Twitter? You want to come to Twitter? Does anyone go to Twitter anymore? I'm at the Romy Dames. I just started TikToking with all the kids. I don't know what my TikTok name is. Uh, let me look. <laughs> I answered questions about Muppets, and I, I don't even know what my own TikTok name is. TikTok. Nick, I'm failing. I'm failing, Nick. Help me. Uh, swipe up to skip. Um, Let me see. Oh, I'm <laughs> at Hiromi Dames. That is like the easiest thing, and I didn't know it. At Hiromi Dames. <laughs> Just my name. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad hoping... that wasn't my quiz question. I would not right? have won the book. I am hoping that on your TikTok that there will be you going through a Starbucks as Tracy. That would just okay. Be okay. <laughs> just I get really nervous about like if people don't ask me to do it, or even yeah, if they don't ask me, I am like super weird about 
doing it, or at least I used to be a lot weirder about it. Like I remember this guy came up to me in a restaurant and he was like, oh my gosh, I loved, I loved your character. I loved Hannah Montana. And then as I was about to leave the restaurant, I was going to walk up to him and go, ciao. (laughs) But then at the last second I chickened out and I just couldn't do it. And my husband's like, what's the matter with you? And I was like, I don't know. What if he, that, what if, I don't know. (laughs) I got shy. It is weird, though, because you're like suddenly on the spot with you. Wait, do I do this or don't I do this? Yeah, I I try to do it now because I think like, what would I like as a fan? Like if, you know, any of the people I watch on television, I would I would want them to do their thing. So, (laughs) All right. right. Well, we will definitely make sure to link your socials, your Twitter and especially your TikTok, because I feel like that is going to be comedy gold. (laughs) I've enjoyed it so far. Yay. Thank you, guys. This was lots of fun. Thank yeah. you. I hope I didn't traumatize anybody oh, with no, no. anything. <laughs> Toots. Good God. You can't traumatize us. Let's me out. <laughs> uh, just something else for me to talk to my therapist about. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> But we want to take a second to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to continue to help our show grow and get amazing guests like Haromi Dames here today to have these great conversations and things for you guys to laugh about. So please subscribe. It helps out more than we can ever really tell you. And make sure that you go click all the links that we put down below for Haromi's stuff. You're going to want to be able to appreciate her work as well. But for whatever reason, if you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Lena Luthor. Sure, Lena yeah. is trying to set things right that her brother Lex had done wrong. You know, she's got some guilt there. But we have to remember that Lena still has all those connections, you know, Lex Corp and all, if you know what I mean. So I turn do. in two copies of your completed complaint form to the most high-profile adopted sister in the world has ever seen, and Lena will make sure that the offending parties are, of course, dealt with in a timely manner. Sure, we hope that Lena will be the only Luthor involved in metting out of podcasting justice, but Lex is always waiting in the wings, and if Lena is distracted even for a moment, one of us will have a nice new pair of concrete boots. So be kind when reporting. We prefer Nikes over cement when it comes to footwear. Well, thanks again, Hiromi. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. Thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you. All right, guys. That's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.